Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world, from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea, I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. I'm really excited today. My guest is none other than Dr. Bob Murray, who is the Chief Medical Officer at NextGen Healthcare. He brings to the table more than 20 years of extensive clinical experience, as well as healthcare IT. Dr. Murray, welcome to the Tate Chronicles. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me this morning. Now, I believe you still actually practice family medicine. You still out there on the front lines? I do, yeah. I'm a practicing family physician uh, in New Jersey. Uh, I continue to do that throughout my whole uh, IT career, um, and it's been very helpful. Uh, it's still very rewarding to be able to uh, you know, take care of patients uh, at the end of your, your busy week. Well, that's um, I, something that I'm always interested in the perspective of providers who are also involved with healthcare technology, because from where I sit, that is the only way the development of that technology will be able to benefit from real-world input. So, uh, Dr. Bob, let's get right to the topic for today, AI and healthcare. So let me just throw um, a softball at you. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of fuzzy, it's big, but how is AI already being used in healthcare? Well, Jim, I think as your uh, listeners will will know through uh, some of your uh, podcasts and and, uh, and correspondence that you've already done, there's um, a lots of different ways that AI is being used in healthcare, and particularly this year, uh, we've heard a lot more about it. I think it's been in the works for several years, um, but kind of broadly, there's uses of AI to try to help um, healthcare providers. Uh, make diagnoses or select the right treatments. Uh, there's uses of AI to help uh, healthcare providers uh, or clinicians uh, do their work that they have to do, uh, you know, the administrative work or the documentation work. Um, and then there's uses of AI to try to understand um, and perhaps intervene um, in the vast amount of data that the, the practice, the operations of healthcare uh, create uh, both about the patients and their conditions, uh, as well as about the operations of healthcare itself. Really, every day we hear about new use cases in healthcare. Now, certainly a lot of them are in the back office, billing, reimbursement, administrative kind of things. Uh, we're also seeing more and more that have to do with direct um, uh, patient care. And so one of the things uh, I was aware of very early on, uh, a great use case was uh, the, I don't know if scanning is the right word, but the use of AI to look at radiographic images. And that seems like a a very good early use, but uh, always with an uh, an overread by a human provider. Uh, What are your thoughts about that, especially around images? Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, it is. Uh, it, it was one of the earliest uses, um, particularly in uh, what they call plain film uh, radiography. So the best example of this might actually be mammograms, right? Um, my sister-in-law happens to be a breast radiologist, um, but it is completely routine for uh, uh, radiologists who are reading mammograms to have AI help them, 
point out, you know, areas that maybe they should pay more attention to, or uh, just make, you know, because you can imagine if you're just seeing dozens and dozens or hundreds of mammograms um, every day, uh, of course, uh, they're, they're very, very careful as they do their work, but it's nice to have a little bit of a, of a backup there. And the algorithms uh, that uh, the image processing um, uh, AI programs use um, have gotten very sophisticated over the years, and they can really be an assistant uh, in helping the radiologists do their work. Well, one of the interesting use cases I ran across is actually something that NextGen Healthcare is doing. I saw a, a demonstration online of this ambient assist. It's like a listening solution that uh, I, I guess is used during an encounter that generates um, text. Uh, it kind of summarizes a patient's visit directly into an EHR. Is that actually being used out in the wild right now, or is that still in the drawing boards? Oh, no, this is definitely out in the wild. And this is um, one of the uses of AI that um, that I'm most excited about. Um, and I actually use this um, when I practice. Um, but if we back up a bit, so NextGen Healthcare, um, where I'm the chief medical officer, we create software for for doctors and for doctors' offices, all aspects of um, helping them, uh, you know, take care of the patient and do the administrative billing and whatnot that that that, that involves. We do this for for you know uh, practices in the community. Uh, we don't uh, make software for hospitals themselves. But in any case, uh, as again, your listeners, um, I'm sure would have heard, there's a lot of concern and has been for several years, but it's getting more and more uh, uh, acute. A lot of concern about provider burnout or, you know, mm. clinician burnout. Um, I think COVID really um, exacerbated this or accelerated this. Um, but there's been large numbers, large fractions of providers that are saying they're not finding healthcare rewarding, that, they're, that the administrative burdens are, are so great as time goes on that they're not able to do what they got into healthcare to do, which is which is take care of people. And so at NextGen Healthcare, we're always looking for ways to, to work on that. And that's why I'm so excited about this, um, what we call ambient listening. The name of the, the software is Ambient Assist um, technology. And it's really pretty slick. <clears throat> so what you do is, uh, is I go into the exam room to, uh, to meet with the patient. Um, I uh, put the phone down, um, and the phone uh, is has a microphone on it. Now everything is secure; nothing is you know stored or whatnot. But that microphone, the first thing it does is it just makes a simple voice to text transcript mm -hmm. of the conversation that I have with the patient. Right, so you know it knows what I'm talking, and 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 folks that are familiar with you know their Amazon or Siri or that sort of thing, you've seen this kind of technology. Of course, this is fairly specialized for, for medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it, it makes, it makes a, a transcript of the conversation, but then it runs it through a very special large language model. That's a, that's a particular type of AI, and your listeners will be most familiar because that's what ChatGPT4 is, right? And so what we essentially do is we don't use ChatGPT4, but you could you could pretend um, mm -hmm. what we do is we tell that large language model, make me a doctor's note using this transcript. And the thing cranks it um, very fast, 20, 30 seconds at most, and it comes back with the information that, that was in that transcript, which was, you know, pulled right out of the air with no effort by the provider, and it's the start of their note. Um, 
and it can be a massive time saver and it has a number of other advantages that we can get into. But the point of the whole thing is, again, to help with that provider burnout, to make the the administrative task of needing to document the visit details essentially um, effort-free uh, for the provider. Yeah, I played actually uh, earlier this morning, I played around with it and it was pretty amazing uh, to watch it uh, work. Um, and, and it creates uh, a soap note of that encounter. Uh, when will we see, or maybe it's already in place, that structured discrete data goes into the EHR? Not just necessarily uh, a <laughs> text summary. That is absolutely coming. Um, I, I know uh, that uh, in certain contexts, that structured data is very important. Um, but in other contexts, just having the, the, the note of mm-hmm. itself, or at least the start of a note that the provider can, can edit or add to with much less time and effort than it would be if they, if they had to type the whole thing, um, that can also be very, very useful. And interestingly, right, the type of AI that is good at pulling structured data out of text, well, that's actually a different type of AI. And so mm. uh, what we technology companies are doing, you know, NextGen Healthcare being one of them, is we are using many different kinds of AI at different points um, in, in folks' uh, work streams uh, trying to, to do this particular job or that particular job. And so when we want to pull structured data <clears throat> out of um, that transcript, we'll be using a different set of tools um, than the ones that we do that are specialized to to produce that note. I guess a follow-up to that is um, healthcare companies, um, how can they ensure that the AI technologies they're employing are really used in a responsible or ethical way? Um, I'll give an example. One way I think would be somewhat uh, irresponsible would be if you just let uh, AI do its thing and there's no human in the loop whatsoever. As uh, it's only for the foreseeable future, it looks like to me we we need to have a, a human eyes uh, looking at the output or the uh, orders that are generated, things like that. But just overall, your thoughts about responsible, ethical ways to use these powerful tools? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's a very broad one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it's important that. You know, uh, technology companies have policies around the responsible and ethical use of AI. And the next gen, of course, we certainly do that. Um, you, uh, again, your listeners may have heard that the, that the federal government is getting very involved, uh, both in the United States and worldwide, um, around forcing technology companies to make sure that they take an ethical and responsible uh, approach uh, when they're putting these uh, AI technologies in place. Um, in fact, there was a, a very large uh, regulation, um, HCI-1, as it's called, at the federal government, the, uh, the Office of the National Coordinator, the ONC, put out yesterday. They put out uh, this every year. But this year's version, which involves requirements for what healthcare vendors need to do, um, is one of them is explicitly calling out um, the fact that if they are using AI to predictively help providers make decisions that they have to include in a very uh, easy to find manner of lots of information about 
well, where did the AI get that data and mm-hmm. how was it trained? And have, is the company that made that algorithm, have they specifically looked at that algorithm with regard to uh, equity or fairness or responsibility and those kinds of, um, of issues? And so those regulations, uh, that was probably the first you know, real uh, salvo uh, from the healthcare uh, technology side of things. Um, but those are coming into place as well, which I think is a good thing. I mean, we don't um, we don't know all of the different areas that this technology can get into, um, but there are examples uh, in the literature of not even AI algorithms, but other algorithms or other decision support aids that help providers that have been shown in hindsight to be very biased and to actually uh, increase the inequity. Uh, yes. Within healthcare, of course, this was this was inadvertent, but uh, but that's already happened, and I think with AI, uh, it's poised uh, to to happen perhaps even more, and certainly forces uh, and, and it's right to force a very detailed look at that that whole topic. You know, uh, you mentioned that final rule. I believe it was the final rule was released earlier this week, um, and it. Uh, it, it is correct, as you say, that one of the certification criteria around clinical decision support, if AI is utilized, those certification uh, bodies uh, want a lot of documentation about where those algorithms yeah. are. Um, something else that, that you touched on there is, um, I don't know if you use the word uh, bias or, or equity. Uh, we know that really for decades, uh, clinical trials were based on uh, streams of uh, uh, humans um, that, that maybe didn't represent the full genetic profile of everybody. Uh, and so uh, what these AI models may be trained on, we have to make sure that there's no really implicit bias in, in the data that is being trained on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one simple way to look at it would be, let's say you have an AI algorithm that has been using, you know, lots of data from the U.S. healthcare system to, you know, mm-hmm. to help people predict something, right? But as you just said, we, we already know that the delivery of healthcare in the United States is not equitable, right? There are historically uh, underserved uh, groups um, who have not gotten the same level of healthcare and therefore actually have poor healthcare outcomes. You know, maternal mortality is a is a is a classic example of that. Mm, yes. So anyway, it makes sense that if you, if you use that data to train your system and you're not careful, well, that system is going to perpetuate that inequality, right? Because you're 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 telling it this is how the world is, right? With the training, and then you're asking it okay, well, what should I do? And the only thing it knows is what it learned. And so it's telling you to do something that is going to reflect the, the, the world of the past, not the world, the equitable world that we want to live in. Does that make sense? It, absolutely. Uh, let me say to our audience, if there's some folks that have recently joined the last few minutes, I'm Jim Tate, and you're listening to this episode of Tate Chronicles. My guest today is Dr. Bob Murray, who is the Chief Medical Officer at NextGen Healthcare, and our topic is AI. Uh, One thing that um, I hear quite a bit about, Dr. Bob, is should healthcare workers 
be concerned that AI will replace some of them? Are, are there some jobs that are just going to go away? It's, it's a very interesting question. I don't think that that's um, uh, right around the corner, but <clears throat> I do think that in all industries, not just healthcare, mm. um, that the, uh, the use of AI is going to shift the, the, the working world, right? That uh, people that um, learn how to use this technology, whatever their profession is, um, might be more effective or more efficient or more productive uh, than folks that don't, right? And there are certain very specific tasks that there's no question that AI can do better than humans, right? I mean, a simple one would be playing chess, right? There is no human player alive who can mm -hmm. beat the best AI chess algorithm, you know, in a, in a, in a tournament. Um, so, right, if you were a chess grandmaster, <laughs> you're asking, will AI replace you? Well, no. I mean, will it beat you? Yes. But does that mean you mm -hmm. have no, no role to play? No, no, of course not. Right. And I do think that that as this plays out in other industries, something similar will happen. Um, humans bring qualities to the table that the AI can't, even if it's better than them at certain very specific tasks that it's been highly trained to do. You know, and certainly um, kind of looking back over the decades, at one time, uh, certainly every hospital and every practice uh, would do their billing manually. Somebody would input some forms and mail them off somewhere. Uh, uh, now that is, for the most part, totally electronic. Uh, and cool. so, um, you know, those jobs kind of went away. And uh, a few years ago, we were seeing more and more example of providers using scribes to actually document in the EHR while the provider was interacting directly with the patient. Um, I can kind of see the presence of human scribes going away. Things like that. I can I can foresee that too. I mean, it depends on you know the type of provider and the workflow. But that's actually something at at NextGen as we're rolling out you know ambient assist and and um, the design of it. We we never expected the AI to to do everything to produce that final note right. Instead, mm -hmm. we've embedded it in the workflow right. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that the provider can absolutely still interact with the patient, you know, as the, the microphone that's, you know, then your phone is listening and doing it, its voice to text. Um, but you can very easily, you know, add to that, supplement that, um, uh, et, et cetera. But I do think that the whole reason people were using scribes in the first place was because the EHR was clunky to use or, you know, it took, too many clicks to get the orders in or mm -hmm. to, to do all the work in the, the computer that they needed. And uh, Ambient Assist now can help with that. And so um, I think it would only be very specific situations where someone who didn't ha have a scribe would choose a, a, a live person scribe um, as opposed to something like Ambient Assist um, on a go-forward um, basis. Sure, sure. But it does, it, it does remind me, speaking of live scribes, right, um, one other just fascinating use of this ambient listening technology is, is what I alluded to that, that if, if I know as the doctor that the, the, the computer is going to capture, you know, the little details of my encounter, right? So I'm a family practice doctor. How many days did you have a cough? You know, did you have a fever or, or not? And, you know, did you have, was somebody else sick, right? 
well, remember, I'm, I'm going to see 15, 20, 25 people that day. And, you know, 10 of them might have a cough, right? I have to get the, I have to jot down those details so that I don't forget them because, you know, all the coughs kind of sound the same at the end of the day. But I don't have to worry about that with, with the ambient listening, that it's going to capture those kinds of details. Now, it's not a doctor. It's not going to make the right medical decisions. I'm still needed for that part. But the fact that I don't have to jot those down or type them in the computer allows me to just really pay attention in the room to the patient, right? And the patient thinks that's great. That's one of the advantages, as you said, of, of a scribe. But the scribe also adds a different dynamic in the exam room. Now there's another person in the room, you know, and they're doing their job. But that's still very different than just you and uh, the provider, which is what most uh, patients prefer. The other kind of cool thing about the ambient is um, I find myself and others that are, that are doing this are noticing the same phenomenon. They will say more things out loud because uh, they know that, that, that they, again, that's oh. going to show up in their note, you know, automatically, right? So I, I, I find myself trying to explain more carefully or, or certainly out loud, this is what I think is going on, right? This is why I don't think it's this or this is mm. what we're going to do. We're going to order these labs and we're going to do this. And if this is, you know, shows what we, what we think it will, then we'll do that. And if it doesn't, it'll do that. The ambient listening is phenomenal at capturing that kind of detail. It can immediately put it in like the summary that the patient walks out of the office with, wow. but it just improves patient communication because I'm saying it out loud so that I don't have to type it in. Right. But the patient then gets to really hear what my thought process is, and that's also very, very helpful. Well, that's something. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you to take a deep look into your crystal ball there, Dr. Bob, and can you make any predictions about AI and healthcare and how it might evolve over the next five years? What are the major trends going to be? Well, I think over the next five years, um, it, there's going to be a lot of experimentation going on, a lot of different tries of mm. different uses of AI, different, you know, people involved in healthcare, um, not just providers, but administrative people and um, insurance and pharmacists. And, you know, there's going to be lots of trial and error. I think um, it is inevitable that um, uh, some of those are going to be, you know, grand slams, right? Like we, like they suddenly work that was very tedious or very draining um, it's just, it's just, you just don't have to do that part of your job anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think ambient assist is kind of one of, one of those that's, that, I, that we really feel is going to be a, a grand slam. Uh, but I do think that um, for the foreseeable future, right, the, the uh, I don't think people are going to be, con you know, uh, convinced that the AI can, can do it all uh, without a human in the loop, as, as you say, right? Um, because the healthcare is very, very complicated. Um, and it's not that machines can't understand complexity. It's that the people that are training the machines yes. don't understand the complexity because nobody does, right? It's just, you know, there's so many instances in medicine having nothing to do with computers that things that we thought we ought to do for patients that were completely perfectly rational and reasonable turn out to be totally the wrong thing, right? And end up, end up harming people. And so until we reach the point where we can prove to ourselves 
that using AI in this context or using AI in that context has a better clinical outcome mm. um, or just makes the, the, the physician or the provider or the healthcare uh, you know, a person more efficient, happier, better able to do their job. Um, it's going to be one or the other of those things that's going to really uh, drive the adoption of, of AI in healthcare. And I, I certainly think it's going to increase uh, in the next few years. You, you know, you, you uh, kind of referenced a little bit there, like unintended consequences of technological advances, just like with social media, there was fantastic things. There were also some unintended consequences that um, everybody pretty much agrees are, are not good. Yeah, it seems like we're in that, uh, in that phase where we're learning to trust and and figure out what can be trusted and develop systems that are trustworthy. We're kind of in that phase right now, it seems like. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I don't know if you were um, around, but do you remember when like maps uh, that you would you know use on your phone or mm. had special devices that were navigation in the <laughs> very early days? Yeah, things were terrible, right? You had all the time. It would like try to take you down a sidewalk or you'd like drive off right. a bridge. Um, but but people knew that 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 technology um, could really dramatically um, work and was and was very useful, right? Um, and I think there's a number of, of very promising ways to use AI in healthcare that are like that, right? They're they're not quite perfect now, but uh, people really do strongly feel like they're going to be able to tweak them, and many of those um, involve taking the burden of the administrative tasks of healthcare away, right? Like you said, nobody has to fill out paper claim forms mm -hmm. anymore and mail them, right? All of that is done electronically. Now that's, not, that's not AI, but that is, that's a win, right? The people that do, they're still are billers, right? Yes, but they don't true. like get hand cramps at the end of the day from filling out forms. Instead, they're able to review reports and they look at, oh, wait a second, this, you know, this billing code might not be the right one. They're able to do things that, um, that are, many of them find more rewarding, right? Um, and I think that uh, there's there's a number of AI uses that are going to be, you know, slam dunks like that, especially as they continue to get tweaked over the next few years. Dr. Bob, we're almost totally out of time, but uh, before we say our goodbyes, I want to remind our audience to get more information about the uh, NextGen's products and services. Uh, I would imagine you would agree the best place to go is to nextgen.com, N-E-X-T-G-E-N.com. That's the first place. Yeah, the first place. Yep. If they want to see Ambient Assist, they can they can check all that out while they're there as well. Right. Uh, to our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of Take Chronicles. And I offer a special salute to my guest today, Dr. Bob Murray of NextGen Healthcare. Dr. Murray, thanks for coming aboard today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Jim. It was fun. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. That's healthcarenowradio.com. Dot com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.